this emperor's clothes I've been stripped, then exposed Now I see all the cracks in this yellow brick road If it shines, is it gold? Take, take me home That's the voice of Sean Hook in the background. Sean is a multi-nominated Juno artist, and uh, he's got a great story out of Pearson Airport. And how unusual is that? You know, I've been hearing nightmare stories, especially this week because of uh, long lineups and delays at the airport. Sean joins the Kelly Cotrera Show right now in 640 Toronto. Sean, welcome. Good to have you on. Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I understand that you had your first live show in Vaughn last night, first one since March 2020. How did that feel? How did it go? Yeah, that, it was amazing, honestly. Uh, obviously, the last years have been really challenging for a lot of people in various industries, but the music industry was hit pretty hard. I, I also sit in the board of directors for the Unison Fund, which is a music charity that assists Canadian musicians in the industry, and our applications for assistance went up by like 2,200%. So, um, a lot of people were affected. So last night when I got on stage with my band, with like the crew and everybody, it was just kind of a, an amazing welcome back. And it seemed like the fans were also just as excited to be back to see live music again. So yeah, it went off, kicked off to a great start. Yeah, live music feeds the soul. And I'm a big fan of the ability to get out and see bands again live in person. Now, you guys have been traveling around a lot over uh, the pandemic, some people have been traveling uh, because, the, you know, there were areas were opening up earlier than others and you have to make money, you have to, you know, feed your, yourself and your family. But you just recently were traveling, I believe, um, back home from LAX, 14-hour travel day, and you put this very long thread on Twitter and Danny Stover, our producer, saw it and said, Kelly, you know, I don't know if you've seen Sean Hook's thread, but it's actually a good news story out of Pearson. And so we wanted to invite you on to tell your story. So maybe you could start off with, uh, were you traveling home? What was your day like? And then, you know, just get right into the story. Sure. Yeah. So I was actually in Los Angeles and I lived there part-time. Uh, that's where I write a lot and record a lot for my career in music. And uh, it was one of those days where, you know, I think airport travel is, is never, uh, never fun usually, but, you know, you show up two hours early and get in line and go through the process. But it was one of those days where I showed up and I was immediately late for my flight because there was a line outside the airport all the way down the block and the kiosks were down. It was just a crazy day and people were stressed out, heads were on a swivel and um, I didn't actually board my flight until 20 minutes after we were um, supposed to take off. So thankfully, they they held the the flight back. But you know, in in that in that state, you're kind of in fight or flight, and you're just you're stressed, you're panicked. You sit down, you made the flight, flew to Toronto, and we landed in Toronto. And um, before we got to customs, uh, it, there was immediately a huge line. I don't know I don't know what was going on, but it it seemed like. Everybody who landed that day just ended up in one hallway. Yeah, apparently uh, it's just again, another normal day at Pearson Airport recently. Yeah, apparently that, that's what I learned after. But, you know, so I was just kind of, you know, I think everybody's always in their own minds at that point and, and worrying about where they have to go. And rightfully so. Um, there's a lot of uh, important things to do. And especially, you know, people traveling with families, they've got, you know, kids to worry about and people to be fed and all that and, and all that goes on and on and on. But I, at this point, I was like, hey, I'm thankful I'm here because I was thinking about my show and my rehearsal the next day. And I was like, as long as I can get to my rehearsal, I'm okay. I'm just going to roll with the punches. 
Um, got through customs and finally got to baggage claim. It was probably, I don't know, at this point, four hours probably after than when I should have been there. And um, when I went to find my guitar, I noticed uh, three three kennels with three dogs that were were whimpering. And, and immediately I just kind of sat down just to kind of give them some attention and, you know, like, Hey, it's okay, God, it's okay. And you can tell they were dehydrated because their, their tongues were sticking out. And, and I just felt immediately right away. I'm a, I'm, I went to dog dad mode. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a proud dog dad. I've got <laughs> dog poop bags in every pocket and, and the glove box in my car. So I was like, okay, I need to figure out what's going on here. And I need to get these dogs, at least get these dogs some water. So I, I found a, an airport staff, um, one of the airport staff who was helping with the baggage. And I asked him, I was like, how long have these dogs been here for? And he goes, they've been here for over two hours. I was like, All right, okay, well, can we, there's something we can do here. Can we, can, can we feed them? Can we give them water? Can we let them out? And he says, technically we can't. Mm. Um, Cause I guess there's a lot, obviously a liability issue, but going into dog dead mode, I, 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 I poured a little water in their bowls cause I saw they had water bowls and at least I can do. And then furthermore, I was like, okay, well, where are these owners? And one of the kennels had a, a phone number on it. And so I called it and uh, it was a Vancouver number and it was a, uh, a Eastern European man picked up and I told him the scenario. I said, Hey, I'm, I think I'm with your dog. And I could tell English wasn't his, his first language. And so it, it took a bit to kind of get him to understand, like I wasn't just some stranger calling. I was just like, Hey, I'm with this dog and I really want to find out where the owner is. And then, Finally, he kind of, he told me, "Oh, that's it's my granddaughter. Uh, she's a Ukrainian refugee, and she's supposed to be flying to Vancouver tomorrow." And I was like, "Oh my goodness! Okay, well, I will stay with your granddaughter's dog until she arrives here. Um, I, I, I I really I'm I'm concerned about the dog. And at that point, I didn't know if she was flying to Vancouver or if she was stopping in in Toronto as a as a, as a layover. Um, yeah. But Long story short, she ended up showing up about half an hour later and she reunited with her dog. And it was such a heartwarming, but also heart wrenching thing to see. Um, and I introduced myself, but she, I, I think she was so distraught. She couldn't, then she couldn't speak English um, very well. And I don't speak Ukrainian, but then I kind of like, I, I, I kind of went and said, Hey, I can help you. And I opened up Google translate and, um, helped her through customs. And then we found uh, the Red Cross, uh, which was just outside of uh, the baggage claim. So and let me interject we, for a second. You've been already yeah. traveling 14 hours. You've now been, yeah. uh, you're now stalled again like everybody else. Your patience is, you know, thin. You've yeah. got a show coming up. You're distracted. You see these dogs and suddenly you realize that somebody else might have it worse than you do. You've called the father. You know this is a refugee situation. She loves this dog probably as much as you love your dog. Uh, she's yeah. managed to get it to Canada with her. So you're at the, uh, you, you've then taken her under the wing. You are now the Canadian ambassador. Uh, you're taking her to the Red Cross. And from the Red Cross, you find out that she's got a layover. She's got to stay there. She's yeah. going to get a connecting flight. You decide yeah. you're going to put her up in a hotel. I want to get to this because we're running out of time because it's, you know, okay. it's radio. I got to get to the break. Yeah, totally. But you, what, what did you do for this woman? Yeah, well, I just realized if I was in her shoes, just, and I can't even, just as a traveler, I, I, you know, I could only imagine what she was going through. And 
Unfortunately, the Red Cross wasn't able to get her a hotel in time because she had a layover and a connection at 10 the next morning. And I said, listen, ma'am, I would love to. I told the translator, I said, I would love to put her up in a hotel. I can literally book one right now, a pet-friendly room, put her in an Uber, and make sure she get at least gets some sleep and some relief for this uh, crazy day she's had. And the translator told her, and she asked the translator why I was helping. And I told her my refugees, my, my, sorry, not my refugees, my ancestors are Ukrainian-Russian refugees who made a trip via ship 100 years ago. And it's the least I could do. And it was I was happy to do it. And she started crying after after uh, the translator told her from Red Cross. And, and eventually I got her to the Uber. And I, when she left and waved, I was just standing there in tears. And I, it didn't matter how long my day was. And it really put things into perspective for me. And and it was just a, I just wanted to share that story on Twitter just to, you know, put a perspective in other people's eyes because at the end of the day, we're all humans. And I think we need to treat each other like we want to be treated. Sean, I know I rushed you through that story at the end of it, but I've got to say, I don't I, I wonder if I'm alone and I bet I'm not. I don't know if anybody else experienced a visceral feeling when you said, uh, you know, my family, my ancestors were uh, Ukrainian Russian refugees that took a boat over. I felt the, like literally that wave of shivers that roll across your body when something is, you know, uh, it's serendipitous that this happened. I don't think it was an accident. You were there. I mean, that's maybe me getting a bit too uh, into the story, but I think it's a wonderful story and it really shows that, you know, whether your parents, uh, or ancestors came from the same area of the globe that this woman, uh, just did, uh, it just shows that it's, it, it only takes a second to be human and do the right thing. And you've, you've possibly changed her whole life. I mean, coming here to Canada, what a reception that is. Uh, it's just, it's a beautiful story and shows that we're all capable of, you know, lending a hand. And I think it's just an incredible story. I'm so happy that you could share it on the show. What was the reaction on Twitter? Yeah, thank you. It was, um, everybody just reached out to thank you for doing this, similar to your reaction. I wasn't, you know, when I shared the story, I just wanted to give perspective and put it out there. But yeah, it's, it's been well received and retweeted. And, and there's been a lot of interactions and a lot of great conversation. And, and and that's that's great. I mean, I I want to. There needs to be more positivity out there in social media, especially because there's too much negativity. And hopefully, inspires others to do the sure. same. You know, it's easy to focus on the the stories that are getting a lot of traction for being bad news stories. I'm guilty of it myself, and the things that exasperate us. But it's really nice to invite someone like you on the show, uh, Sean, and and talk about the positive things that happen because it is a uh, it's a great place to live. We live in the best country on the planet. I think. I agree. I agree. Sean, you got a new single coming out June 17th. It's called It All Comes Back to You. It features Emily Roberts, incredibly talented artist in her own right. And uh, I hope it all does come back to you. You're an exceptional <laughs> person. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on.